Hello and welcome to today's PropCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting. And this is the third in our short series on city regeneration. We've been joined so far by Marcus Mayer, by John Hitchcock, Stuart Lipton and Jack Pringle. And today's episode focuses on York Central. And going to be joined by Stuart Howie, who leads Avison Young's regeneration business, and by Ian Gray, who's the project director for Homes England and Network Rail. And I started by asking Ian whether this was the best possible time or the worst possible time for this sort of once in a generation city regeneration opportunity? Uh, For me it's a great time. I think we've now got all the ingredients in place. We've got planning consent, um, we've got funding coming to do the phase one infrastructure and market demand so got to be a great time. So in terms of that phase one infrastructure, what, what does that mean? How, how much phase one infrastructure is there? Because that's always one of the big challenges, isn't it, for, for investors, developers? It, it, it's how much am I going to have to stump up on day one to, to put in some of the basics? Yeah, so we've got uh, 77.1 million coming from the government um, for new in access road. Those of you that know the site, York Central teardrop site needs access to get in because the railway surrounds it so we've got a bridge over the east coast main line all the road infrastructure basically to to allow service plots um off that infrastructure so suds drainage etc so you know fantastic opportunity to de-risk a load of that and, and do you just you want to talk us through the site itself i mean some people will be familiar with it um uh, some people won't be i think most people have been to york at some point in their lives either on a school trip or, or, or more recently for sort of something else perhaps on the way to scotland um but what are you know what can people expect you know what what is the current uh, what's the current outline consent looking like well so the existing site uh, right next to the uh railway station in york so 120 acres of brownfield land in the middle of the city center um currently still some operational rail sidings load of industrial but obviously the one that people do know is we've got the national railway museum uh sitting there so your school trips reference a lot of people come to that um what will it will it be um we've got outline plan consent two and a half thousand homes a million square feet of commercial so big mixed use opportunity right in the heart of a historic city hmm. is it big enough do you think i mean we, we've we've had sir stuart lipton um on on one of this series of, of our podcasts and, and he was quite clear he said he said the density needs to be about four times what you've currently got what would you what would you say to sir stuart he's obviously not here to defend himself but you know is, is, he, is he absolutely bonkers or, or is he is he is he got a point you think i i don't i wouldn't say whether he's actually bonkers or not but um his point i think is is correct is that we've got to push the densities um clearly you know with with the, the nature of the site uh, brownfield viability has always been a question but i think de-risking it with the, the infrastructure we've got to look at the commercial viability we've got an illustrative master plan but it is illustrative and and our job as master developers is really to push that planning consent as best we can to get the what is a fantastic opportunity for the city and really seize it with with really good development and and as he says good density Mm. Well, look, let's bring in Stuart Howie, who's, who leads Avison Young's regeneration business. Stuart's got 20 years working across the public sector, lots of regeneration experience, lots of experience in economic development and placemaking. Uh, and Stuart, what, you know, having, having 
been very familiar with this site for for a number of years what's your take on it in the current market and 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 how you know how that this york project can learn from mistakes that other people have made in, in other similar opportunities um well, 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 I think there's, a, there's, there's quite a few questions in there, actually, Andrew. If I start with York itself, um, I think the timing is actually pretty good because when we look at major regeneration schemes, mixed-use schemes, um, to get smooth delivery, we, we, we look to get three things in place. First of all, it's, it's the sponsor and the conditions for success. So that's around clear visions, uh, understanding what people want, getting the resources lined up, who's going to take what roles. Um, the second element is the economics of the project. Does it stack up? Is it deliverable? Um, that's clearly where the ability to attract, say, infrastructure funding from the public sector can, can improve it and prepare it. And then the third dimension is the market appetite, both to um, partner up to deliver and develop it out, but also, uh, most importantly, occupiers and buyers, who's who's going to work in the offices and who's going to live in the offices. So these are long-term schemes. Uh, and I think in, you know, going back to your original question to Ian, is it a great time? Well, actually it is, but because it, it takes time to develop these things out. So a long-term project is always going to go through cycles. So if you can be developing and de-risking it, get some early tenants in to get phase one away. So you're hitting the uptick of the economy. There's no better time to uh, to launch a major scheme. Uh, that's a very good point. And, and what, you know, from, from your experience of, of other projects, uh, I mean, you know, you've worked on another project that we're very familiar with at Blackstock, Perfectly Central Regeneration, which is looking at, at thousands of homes, uh, film and, and TV centres on, on quite a lot of of quite murky land just but 25 30 minutes outside of london uh, so, so you've got a huge experience on on very long running projects um luckily york central doesn't have many of the challenges that others have you know it's got a fantastic rail station there and and you can walk you'll be able to walk won't you straight from the platform into the site what what are some of the, the the positives that you feel York has, and and what are some of the mistakes that that can be avoided with this project? Uh, great, great question. So I, I I spent about ten years of my life um, work, working on the Perfleet uh, re- regeneration, and it, it was about as complex as I've come across in my career. Um, fragmented land ownership, um, contamination, both in terms of heavy industrial. Uh, contamination, but also unexploded bombs from the war, uh, you name it, it had it. So the approach originally by the development corporation and then by the council started with de-risking. Can we get hold of the land? Can we assemble it? So if we compare to York, I think, you know, Network Rail and Homes England are, ha- have acquired that land. Um, we had to do that land acquisition, but we also then had to uh, identify how we're going to remediate it, put the infrastructure in, make the case to support uh, the funding application to government. And we got about £70 million in to support that. Um, and we had to do that all that before we went to the market and to find a partner to help us deliver it. So a lot of this is about the preparation. Um, in terms of lessons from elsewhere, we've actually just done a, a market-wide study on partnerships between the public and private sector to deliver regeneration projects. Uh, and, and that covered uh, over 100 practitioners, investors, developers, clients, uh, 
uh, and it was really interesting that the, the headline messages were those partnerships are here to stay um preparation is key but actually some common pitfalls keep occurring um uh, and those are typically about you know not being realistic about the commercials not having done enough homework because if there isn't enough profit in it for parties they will not take the risk they will not develop they will not invest um uh, so it's about doing your homework so that you can go to the market absolutely ready yeah and, and Ian, in terms of the public sector's role here Stuart mentioned obviously this is you know, this is a, a joint effort from Homes England and Network Rail, two of the UK's, well, two of the public sector's biggest landowners, um, and that I, I guess on one side is will be seen as a, as a fantastic thing because as Stuart says you're not going to have to go through that rigmarole of, of land assembly, but there, there will be some investors that are potentially cautious about partnering with, with with public sector. What what could you say that might reassure people? Yeah, I think uh, there's a nervousness, obviously, you've got two organisations, uh, government organisations, but I think when you look at York Central, and as we say, the time is now, um, we've got to deliver the government agenda around um, vacant public land and the best use of it. We've got to hit a load of those outputs and targets, even if only for the local plan as well. But the emphasis now is, is for Homes England delivering housing, um, and for Network Rail to be making sure that they are playing a really good part in um, redeveloping their strategic asset. Um, so the emphasis for them is we've got to get on with it. Um, you know, long lifetime already. I, I've traced the project back to, I think, 40 years. I first worked on it 20 years ago. So, you know, it's got everything now to deliver, but we've got to get on with it and we've got to get going and we've got to seize the the market demand that is there Um and that really then leads both those public organisations to make sure it happens. And that, that's why my role across both of them, I've got to deliver. Um, and uh, I what, think the time is the now dynamics? to And what are the dynamics of the place likely to be? Because I think, you know, obviously, some would say the world has changed. Obviously, uh, you know, most people agree that the office isn't dead uh, and that some of this stuff that, that's been booted out over the last few months has been a little bit over-dramatised. Um, but clearly, you've got an opportunity, haven't you, to, to absolutely do a, a you know, pr provide a, a, an absolute new face for the city of York. So it's an, a, an, a, an immense amount of responsibility that you've got here, Ian Gray, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I felt it actually the same in, in Oxford I was, when I was working in Oxford with Nuffield College and the city council. It's the same thing. You, you've got a, a credible opportunity, but you've got to make sure you do the best thing and that you don't just create some sort of pastiche of other big regeneration schemes. I think if you walk around the country, you can see the same sort of design in various city centres of what people would have called renaissance or regeneration. We need something that does maximise um, the nature of York. So it, it does reflect York, but also in its location, right next to a station that's going to have an HS2 terminus and a Northern Powerhouse Rail terminus you've got to have a sustainable transport system. You've got to be uh, pushing the boundaries of environmental sustainability. You've got to look at, say, how do you genuinely create a community rather than just doing something that will be um, an investable proposition um, for a lot of people to, to have Airbnb in the housing or for hmm. commercial that doesn't really 
hit the buttons for the people, the skills base of your. I think, well, I, think I think we're past that, aren't we? I mean, and also yeah. you've got you know what we do have now, certainly on the corporate occupier side, we've got a lot of businesses, a lot of fast-growing businesses that might want to be in something fresh and new. They might want to be in something that that can be seen as as pushing the boundaries of sustainability and connectivity, and and they might want to be able to be based somewhere like this, where their staff can either live in a walkable distance or, or equally you know, live in a field with, with loads of sheep rattling around. Yeah, I, 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 had, a, I had a conversation with um, a, a technology business last last year. He, he, I thought he, you were going to say you had a conversation with one of the sheep in Ian's garden <laughs> last year. That's where you go. That's yeah, what Andrew was referring to, the sheep lo- lo- next lo- lo- to locked, Lockdown hasn't quite come to that yet, but who knows, who knows. That's the problem with podcasts is they don't convey sheep very well. And sadly, Ian's inside today, so no, yeah. nobody on this nobody on this can can hear some of the sheep we, we might have got a slightly more uh, uh, detailed analysis from the sheep but, but uh, sorry Thanks, Stuart, i did interrupt you very rude no very that's, rude. that's quite angry. um it, it was just an anecdotal tale but i but i think it brings to life what you're talking about um it, it was an inquiry from a business who who want, wanted um high-tech business wanted space in york uh wanted to grow had substantial capital behind them and what they really wanted to tap into for the future of the business is that we need young, the young graduates, the, the fairly mobile people. And we believe they want a city centre, well-connected uh, location, not necessarily the leafy outskirts where, where they were currently based. And, and the challenge for them was, yeah, York Central's brilliant, but it's not there yet. Can we have it today, please? Um, so, so there's an element definitely for me about the public sector in its de-risking is getting a phase one so that the doors are open because most of the regeneration schemes I've worked on is you've got to make it real for people. And once you start building it, the possibilities really snowball from there. But when it's just a picture and the longer it remains a picture on a table, people start to think, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's, it's, it's got to start and build out from from the sound, you know, the sound uh, foundations it's got. Yeah, I think that's critical for us. Um, so having sizable critical mass on a phase one commercial. So we're looking at a phase one commercial. We've got the demand, we think, for around about uh 400,000 of commercial we've got 250,000 square foot really of of a grade a office that we know we could let um we've got prs activity we've got um apart hotels but we've also going to do a phase one uh, residential of around about 430 homes so getting that critical mass away so that the the people that don't believe this project will ever happen will see the significance of a a major phase one and and really bring that whole community to life so the ancillary retail we're, we're also talking about community-led housing self-build um community uses with um youth service from the council and other things so just some sense of trying to create a, a more of a community than just a, a a bland residential blocks or bland commercial so um i think that's absolutely critical for york central to get people to go oh it's it's happening and, and, and that, I mean, g- have it. that gives you a good a good scale for your phase one there ian doesn't it I, i'm just comparing that yeah. to another project I, I i worked on which was um, manchester mayfield and uh we, we support the public sector and again it was a it was a combination of public sector clients working together 
um, uh, and and we procured uh, uh, you, you and I to do that. And I think their phase one of the last submission that went in, they've they've got about three hundred thousand square feet of office on the phase one. So again, a comparable, yeah. close to proximity to station, mixed use residential. So you know it, it measures it measures up very well in terms of what what's commercially deliverable. I think the good and, thing and in with- terms of. So, no, sorry, uh, Ian. Um, Stuart, I mean, in terms of what is going to be commercially delivered in the current environment, obviously we're going to expect to have low interest rates for the foreseeable future. There's there's clearly going to be continued volatility everywhere, pressure on on lending, uh, and and other other things coming down the track as as, as we evolve further from the COVID nineteen crisis. What is going to be the investment case for for the sorts of sums required here, and and are people realistically are, 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 are is patient capital going to look at this and think yeah this is a good investment? Uh, yeah, I think it w- I think it will look at it because the beauty of patient capital is it's not it's not just investing in the buildings; it's actually investing in the place. So if you if you step back from any 15, 20 year regeneration scheme uh, and you take somewhere like York Central and say, well, actually, hang on, we've, we've got a, a, a major, a major city, extremely well connected, improving transport links east west. And we're bang next door to the to the station. You know, there aren't too many of those around. So the long term prospects of the aspects you can't change are very, very good when you can then link that with um a volume of early pre-lets de-risking, you, you, you're into a really good position. And then that's probably the final component to this is, you know, I, I think we're all expecting a kind of fiscal stimulus program from the government. Uh, as we come out of COVID-19, there is going to be some, you know, pro- 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 probably pretty serious unemployment once, once the furlough schemes finish. So we, we, we need long-term viable schemes that can move on and and York Central kind of fits the bill really nicely as part of, of you know, a, 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 a northern city, part of the levelling up agenda. It, it, it's it's there, it's ready to go. Um, so I, I put it pretty high up the list myself. Mm. Sorry, Ian, we interrupted you. you, you no, I think, to, it's, you, it's interesting. I think the approach we're taking, and I'm, you know, it's the approach I very much have done in other places, is we want that uh, investor partner with us. We want some people that are looking over the 40 years who are not as interested in development profit as much as a, a, a long-term 4% return or whatever it would be. And, and that's what we want because, you know, we've got such a standard of... of public realm that we need we've got all the placemaking things we've got a big park in the middle of it we want all of these this sort of things to be maintained as a really good development going forward you know for a long long time if i just have some developers that come in do one bit and go after six or seven years that's not really what we're after there may be parts of it that does that but we we really want some investment partners with us who take the long-term view because it is such an incredible strategic location it's got lots of um, assets for revenue generation so i I see it really as that type of that type of place um and so Mm -hmm. that everything you're talking about absolutely that's in our in our strategies and plans for what we want to do well, look, one, one final question before we sign off. Uh, there's the obvious question I need to ask you about a, a very big house that's apparently <laughs> still panned, planned even for your site. Um, and we, we, you know, obviously had a, a few 
issues over the last few weeks, uh, MPs being forced to queue round the House of Commons. But there is still this plan circling, isn't there, Ian Gray, to to actually relocate the House of Lords onto your site. So what would that what that do for your for your PRS and, and office plans? I mean, it's still in there. It's still so in the frame. Sell a few second homes, I guess, wouldn't you? Yes, um, I think the investment, the long-term investment, might be interesting for a few um, MPs and lords uh, wanting to have a, a facility up in York. But um, so, yes, it's still on the books. Um, we've done some feasibility work. Um, I was sort of on a Sunday morning walking past the TV when Sky News was on and. Somebody on there said, and there's a report that the House of Lords could be relocated to a uh, piece of government land next to the railway station. I sort of walked past and thought, did I really hear that? And then just walked off. Um, and then suddenly all my phone started going and emails and everything. So, but it is, you know, it has seriously been looked at um, as a temporary home um, whilst they're refurbishing the House of Lords. Um, we're waiting on government to see where they want to go with it. Um, and we've done a bit of feasibility work to demonstrate where we could site it. Um, for for the set, I mean, you never think you'd have that sort of conversation in your career, really, do you? Sort of, yes, the House of Lords may be coming, but for the development, I mean, it'd be phenomenal. Um, we could fit it into part of our commercial area. It could have a long-term use as a secure secure com- uh, conference facility for the north of England. So it's got plenty of opportunities, but, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of uh, hurdles to get over before we, we even see whether it would be coming. Um, but what is also reassuring is they have said they will make some decisions so it doesn't become a blight, if you like, on the site, that it's, that possibility is always going to be there. So a brilliant positive, but I think it also demonstrates the strategic location of the site you know you're an hour and 50 to london on the train um and that's without hs2 uh, in- increasing the capacity or or northern powerhouse rail coming so yeah amazing opportunity i never thought i'd be talking about that type of thing in my career but there you go that's york central for you <laughs> Thank you then to Ian Gray from Homes England and Stuart Howie from Abbott Young. Great to hear about York and, and the fantastic opportunity that, that awaits investors in the north. And uh, if you want to catch up on some of the other episodes we've had in this series on city regeneration, please just go to Apple or Spotify and search PropCast. That's P-R-O-P, cast. Please do rate these podcasts. Please do subscribe. Uh, and, and if you'd like to get in touch with any suggestions for future episodes, please just reach us at blackstock.co.uk. I've been Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll hear you on the next couple of episodes that we're planning right now around multifamily and build to rent and also around later living. Thanks very much for listening. And we hope to see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.